You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Extreme Makeover, You Edition, Part 4. Enjoy. Glad you guys are here. It's a good day. Isn't it a good day? Oh, God, you're so good. It's a brand new day. It's a warm day. <laughs> and it's a good day. I'm so glad. I'm so excited for what God's doing in our lives. He's transforming us, right? Give me five. Can you give me five? Yeah, awesome. He's transforming us. So, Chris, I hope you're ready to receive from today. Every need met in abundance. Are you guys ready? Are we cooking over there, Judah? Yeah? All right, good. Let's get ready. And I want to encourage you this morning to not only listen with these ears, but listen with these ears. Listen with your spirit, all right? Because this is good. So receive with your heart this morning. God has got some great things in store for you, and he wants you to leave today inspired, strengthened, encouraged, and going all the way. We're going all the way, aren't we? We're fulfilling our destiny. We're fulfilling our destiny. You've been watching the Olympics? You know, watching the Olympics? Yeah, I've been seeing some amazing things in the Olympics. I saw it yesterday. I think it was the 10,000-meter race. That's a long race. And I saw at the beginning of that race, the, the guy who won the race was in last place. He was in the back. And then he was the favorite. And he slowly moved up. And then at one point, he was close to the front. Then he kind of fell back again. He was in the middle. Then he fell down. Went over, fell down, got back up, and guess what? He won the race. Isn't that, yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, what does Psalm 37 say? Though I be hurled headlong, right, he will not let me fall, right? There's a song we wrote called You Are the Way. It says, uh, do, 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 do. you never let me fall on my face. You keep me standing in the midst of your abundant your amazing grace, something like that. Yeah. So God is going to keep you. Isn't that great? Even the mistakes you've made aren't big enough to stop your destiny from happening. Wow, that's so good to know that God's grace and God's love is bigger than any mistake I've made. So we have confidence this morning, right? We're going, we've got the gold, right? Jesus got the gold for us, and we're more than conquerors. God's given us the victory through Christ. Thanks be to God who always causes us to stand on the gold medal stand through Christ who strengthens us, right? Let's join our faith today. We're going all the way. Father, thank you for your spirit right here, right now. The God of heaven and earth is in occasions, is in this hall right here. And we're not going to limit you. We don't play church. We are your church. We're your sons and daughters, your children. And we open our hearts and receive everything that you have for us today. This is the beginning of a new week, and we're going all the way. By your grace, we're fulfilling our destiny, accomplishing everything that you have for us, going forward in your glory, your wisdom, your strength, your might, and your provision. In Jesus' name, thank you for speaking to us this morning, for revealing more of Christ to us morning through your word, Father, and by your spirit, in Jesus' name name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Yes. It's exciting. Isn't it exciting when God comes into a banquet hall like this? 
right, with a nice wood dance floor. Have you ever danced with God? You know God dances. That makes religious people kind of blush, but he does. He dances. He came up with the idea. Did you know that? Why? Because he's a joyful God. He celebrates. He dances. He rejoices. Do you know music came from him? Isn't that amazing? Dancing and music and celebrating. The whole idea of partying, celebrating, right, in the right way came from him. True celebration, right? He is the party. Hallelujah. So we're in a new series at Highway Church. It's called Extreme Makeover, You Edition. Right? And we're, we're, we're uh, looking at some similarities between the TV show, Extreme Maker Over Home Edition, and how God operates. And it was a fun show where there was a dream team of people assembled, designers and builders, to bless other people. And they came up with a plan to bless people in need. They furnished the provision for that plan. And they were thinking big. And boy, is God like that. Before you were ever born, the dream team was already assembled. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Never has there been a builder or designer like Him. He's the Creator. And He had a plan for your life, a prosperous plan, an abundant life plan. And He furnished the provision for that plan through His Son, Jesus Christ. And he was thinking big. God cares for you so much, he has provided a new life for you through his son, Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Speaking of building and construction, I was watching a documentary on how they um, build and put steel beams together. And boy, was it riveting. Yeah, it was good. It was very, uh, very riveting series, yeah. And, about, you know, I had a friend um, years ago who worked in construction, and he was a, uh, a steamroller driver, you know those machines? And he had a lot of friends because he was such a flatterer. So, anyway... Speaking of construction, God's built a new life for you through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, this plan that God has for you is something supernatural. And I, I, I emphasize this uh, often when we gather, that God's amazing plan for you will not automatically happen. So don't assume that, what, that all the things that you've been through were a part of God's plan. All right? Don't make that assumption. Don't que sera, sera through life. You guys ever hear that song, Doris Day made it famous? Beautiful song, stupid philosophy. Okay? What's que sera, sera mean? Yeah, what will be, will be, right? Can you imagine getting on 95 South, doing 65, and lifting up your hands and saying, whatever will be, will be? You'd never drive your car like that, would you? Of course not. When you're driving your car, you're alert, right? You're making sure that you get where you need to go. If there's an obstacle, you're doing whatever you can to avoid that obstacle, right? If there are potholes, you don't want to hit them, right? We avoid obstacles, when we're driving. In life, there are obstacles. And religion teaches that God causes them all, or they're all a part of God's will, but that's not true. That's not what Jesus taught. 
Jesus taught that Satan comes to steal and to kill and destroy. And that he came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. Well, guess what? It's time to move that bus. It's time to tell Satan where to go in your life. And it's time to stand up, realize who you are in Christ, and live the new life that God has provided for you through His Son. And that's what we're doing in this series. We're saying to to sickness, to depression, to confusion, to lack, move that bus. Get out of my life, right? That's what happened on this show. There was a big, fat bus in between them and the new home that was built for them. They couldn't see what had been provided for them because there was a big bus in the way. And it can be like that in life. There are things that can try and get in the way. Satan will try and put obstacles in your path so you can't see what's been provided for you in Christ. So when anything that comes into our lives that tries to steal, kill, or destroy us, we know is not from God. So we take authority over it. We speak to it and command it to get out of the way in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's look at our primary text again. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Hallelujah. It really changed the way that I pray when I began to learn who I was in Christ. My prayer time changed from asking God for things to taking authority over things. It's amazing. And you will notice the more that you realize who you are in Christ, the more you'll begin to speak to things instead of petitioning God. It's a shift that happens when you realize the authority you've been given. You realize it's not so much about God doing it as it is us taking authority over it, okay? So 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Oh, I like this. This is the message translation. says, your new, N-E-W, life is not like your O-L-D life. Your O-L-D birth came from mortal sperm. Your N-E-W birth comes from God's living word. Just think, imagine a life conceived by God himself. Wow. Verse 24. That's why the prophet said, the old life is a grass life. Its beauty as short-lived as wildflowers. Grass dries up. Flowers droop. What's going on in these two verses? We have a comparison of quality between the new life God has provided for us and the old life. Between the natural from mortal sperm life and the supernatural from God's word life. Are you dry and droopy? The old life is dry and droopy. What can, what can turn a life into a dry and droopy life? We become dry and droopy when we start trusting in someone or something other than Jesus. We become dry and droopy when our circumstances, when we allow the way we feel or the way things look to become elevated above what God has promised us. 
That's the dry and droopy life where you're living your life based on man's wisdom, trying to live your life in your own strength. Verse 25 says, God's word, on the other hand, is not dry and droopy. Right? Nothing dry and droopy about God's word. It's moist, it's fresh, it's strong, and it's upright. God's word goes on and on forever. This is the word. This is the substance that you're made of. This is the word that conceived the N-E-W, the new life in you. I like that word new. This is probably the distinguishing characteristic of God. This ability to make all things new. No one else can do that. He's the author of this ability. He's the author of this resurrection power. He makes people new. He can make marriages new. He can make situations and circumstances new. He can make businesses new. It was this resurrection power, this ability to make all things new, that made a fatherless, a childless man the father of many nations and the father of our faith. Who was that? Yeah. Let's look at Romans chapter 4, verse 17. He makes things new. Do you believe God can make you new? Can he, can he take a situation in your life that's been dry and droopy for 10 years and make it new? Absolutely. Easy. Easy peasy for God. Right? Romans 4.17 As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you. It's already done. According to God. How old was Abram at that point when God spoke that to him? Anybody know? Yeah. 99. About 100 years old. How many children did Abram have at that point when God spoke to him? Zero. What's wrong with God? Look what he said to him at age 99 with no kids. A father of many nations have... I made you. It's done. If you want to experience the new life God has for you, you're going to have to get used to the way He operates. It's done to Him. Why is it done? Because He did it. In other words, there are things that are done that we can't detect with our five senses. What God has provided for us is done, but it's in the spiritual realm. And it's faith. The eyes of faith can see more than these peepers will ever see. Right? The eyes of your heart. It's faith that grabs a hold of what he's done in the spirit realm and brings it into the physical realm. So God is speaking to a 99-year-old man who is him and his wife are both past the age of childbearing, and she's barren on top of that. And he said, I've already made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom Abram believed, didn't he? Right? He believed. Even God, I like this, who gives life to the dead. 
That's supernatural. And calls into being that which does not exist. We could say it like this. Who speaks and what exists in the spiritual realm comes into the natural realm. Okay? Who calls into being that which does not exist or that which can't be detected in the natural realm. Alright? The New Living Translation says verse in verse 17, God who brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. New things out of no thing. I love that about God. I love that about Him. He makes things new. The Message Translation says it this way, verse 17. We call Abraham father not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, Mm -mm. but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. (laughs) I like that. Abraham, we call Abraham father. He became one of the most important men in history, not because he lived like a saint, but because God made something out of him. God made something out of Abraham who was a nobody. Isn't that what we've always read in Scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up. Let God set you up. I set you up as father of many peoples. Abraham was first named father. So what was he? He was named father first before he had any children, right? And then became a father. Right? He was named a father, then he became a father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do. Raise the dead to life and with a word make something out of nothing. Man, I like that. This is our Father. And we dare to trust Him to do what only He can do in our lives, make something out of nothing. We're not backing down. We're not giving any ground up to the enemy. This, The remaining months of this year are going to be the best months of our life so far. We're not giving the enemy any ground. Do we say that because it currently looks that way? No, we say that because God is taking us higher. And He's promised that His children go from strength to strength, from glory to more glory. Hallelujah. So this ability to make all things new is God's uh, calling card. It's, it's the distinguishing characteristic of him. In fact, Jesus said in Revelation 21.5, Behold, I make all things new. If there's any, behold, remember that word from last week, hold thoroughly, look at. So if there's something in your life that you need to be made new, look at 
Jesus. That's what He does. Give it to Him. He makes all things new. You want to hear some definitions of this word? New. New. This is what the word means. Original. Fresh. Different from one of the same category that has existed previously. Old life, new life. Old man, new man. New. Not familiar or usual. Out of the ordinary. Uncommon. Exceptional. Unprecedented. Of different origin. That's what 1 Peter 1. 23 said, right? Your old life came from mortal sperm. Your new life comes from the very Word of God Himself. We're of a different origin now. Do you know you're not from this planet? Different origin. Superior in quality and nature. John 1.12. I like how John 1.12 says the same thing. It says... But as many as received him, that's Jesus. Incidentally, the very first verse of that verse says, In the beginning was the Word, right? And what does 1 Peter 1.23 say? That that Word conceived us, right? Faith in Christ makes us new. When you put your faith in Christ, and boy, do we have a good time at get-togethers on Friday. We saw someone made new. Someone received Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. And they were born again. Yes. And you know, it was interesting talking with this gentleman. Uh, he didn't quite understand what born again was. And when I asked him, he had said, well, I'm in the process. I, and we talked about it. I said, you know, being born again isn't a process. It's an event. When you put your faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit makes your spirit brand new. It happens in a moment. Now, realizing who we are is a process, right? Realizing what God has done in our lives is a process. But becoming His child is not a process. It's an event that happens by faith immediately. And He was glowing after He received Christ. It was really something to see. Wonderful. Love it. Love it. In fact, uh, someone told me when he woke up later that night and said something like, uh, I'm renewed. That's <laughs> just awesome. Hallelujah. Yeah. So this, uh, verse 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. He's given us power to be new. I like that. Verse 13, which were born not of blood, not of mortal sperm anymore nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We're now born of God. That's new. Now when we read 2 Corinthians 5.17, we get a deeper revelation of it because we understand better what new means. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is original. He's fresh. He's exceptional. He's unprecedented. He's of different origin than this world. He's superior in quality and nature. He's not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. He's conceived by God Himself. He's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
the message translation, the old life is gone. A new life burgeons, blossoms, increases. Look at it. Amen. So what we're doing right now is we're growing in this new life. It's blossoming more and more each and every day in our lives. It's becoming more real to us. We're learning who we are in Christ. We're learning what this new life looks like. And we're standing up and taking our place on planet earth as sons and daughters of God. Let's continue improving our understanding, clearing up our vision of this new life. Let's go back to Isaiah 55. Boy, there's so much in these two verses. Verse 12. Pinch yourself a little bit so you're sure you're awake. Pinch a person next to you maybe. There are a lot of pinch bugs in my house. We get, we get lots of that. So pinch yourself. Make sure you're awake. Isaiah 55, verse 12. This is prophetic. This is God prophesying through Isaiah, describing to us what this new life is going to be like for those who would receive Christ hundreds of years after Isaiah, right? like 600-some years later. All right, This is for you and me now. We're looking back and reading it. Okay, This was prophesied before it happened. Verse 12, for you shall go out with joy. So we get up in the morning Joy is inside of us. You may not feel it, but it's in there. Stir it up. Open up your mouth and praise Him. Regardless of what it might look like, what you might feel like, stir up the joy, the supernatural joy of Christ that permanently resides in your spirit. Okay? We get up with joy, we go to breakfast with joy, we go to work with joy, we have lunch with joy, we have dinner with joy. We watch the Olympics with joy, we go to bed with joy, right? We go out with joy. And we're led forth with peace, shalom, wholeness, right? Prosperity. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. It's a party. It's a celebration. God's sons and daughters are taking their place in the earth. The mountains and trees are thrilled about it. Verse 13, another comparison happening. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, a beautiful tree with flowers and a sweet aroma. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Let's look at this beginning of this verse, verse 12, in the message translation. So you, that's you, will go out and we live in joy. You'll be led into a whole and complete life. God wants to lead you into a whole and complete life. That's His agenda. Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. God wants to lead you into a whole life. A whole and complete life. Notice it says you'll be led. So we're not leading. 
are we? We're not leading and calling back for, for God to catch up. Right? Come on, God. Come on. I'm going over here. Come on. I'm going this way. And, and, and when I get there, I'll call you. No, he's in front of us. God can't lead if you're not following. God can't lead if you're not pursuing him. If you haven't fixed your sights on him. Leading is what a shepherd does. Following is what a sheep does. Right? You'll be led into a whole and complete life. That's Psalm 23, isn't it? The Lord is my shepherd. What's the Amplified say? Psalm 23. Let's put up the verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. What's he all about? Feeding me guiding me, and shielding me. Leading me into a whole and complete life. The shepherd wants his sheep to be whole and complete. I shall not lack. When you think of God this week, I want you to remember his purpose for you. To have a whole and complete life. And he'll lead you there if you'll follow. Verse 2 says, he makes me. That's what the shepherd does. It's his initiative. It's his plan. He makes me to lie down in luscious places. Green, fertile, nourishing, refreshing pastures. That's what he does. He leads me into a whole and complete life. This new life is a whole and complete life. He leads me beside restful or still waters. There's something very relaxing about water, isn't there? I just like being around it. He leads us beside still waters. He restores my soul. Behold, I make all things new. That includes your emotions, right? Your mind, your will, your soul. He restores my soul. He leads me into a whole and complete life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. There's no case sarah, sarah there, is there? There's no case sarah, sarah in this new life. What will be, will be. That is ignorance. That's lack of knowledge. Verse 6 in Psalm 23. Surely there's no doubt about it. It's a fact, Jack. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Now something's following me as I follow Christ, right? Goodness and mercy are following me. Why? Because I'm following Him. Forget not all the benefits of following Him. Psalm 103, 2 through 5, right? Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all 
the days of my life. Every single day for the rest of my life, I am sure and certain that goodness and mercy are following me. And I will dwell, live in the house of the Lord forever. Why is goodness and mercy following me? Because I'm following Him. There is no better decision that you can make than to follow God's leading in your life. And that's a daily decision too. I mean, when we give our lives to Christ, that's an eternal decision. But each day when we wake up, we remind ourselves of what our focus is, of why we're living on the earth. Talking with Jennifer yesterday, and they were meeting with some friends and they were asking um, what our uh, oldest daughter is going to be doing. And, and she's going to be uh, studying music and apprenticing and studying ministry and, and doing a number of things. Um, and they, they, they learned that she wasn't going to a, a formal college. And they said, oh, she's taking a gap year. You ever heard that phrase? A gap is a gap year. And I wasn't there. I didn't say anything. She didn't either. But I just thought, isn't that an interesting philosophy? There's no gap in this. All the days of my life. We're going forward in Christ today and tomorrow. There's no gap there. There's no gap in her life. She's fulfilling God's destiny. But that's how man thinks. Man has told someone that they need to do this at a certain point in their life, and if they don't do it, there's a gap. Who told them that? Right? When you're following Christ, there's no gap. Right? There's no wasted time. What's that song we sing? This is living now. How's that go? Uh, no moment is wasted. Yes. Yeah. I'm in your love. I'm made new. This freedom's untainted. No moment is wasted. Amen. So no moment is wasted. Right? So life is not about. Uh, what man tells us to do, it's about following him. And as long as I follow him, as long as I follow him, no moment is wasted. Isn't that wonderful? We're not wasting time. We're going higher. Isaiah 55, verse 12. Let's go back to our, our verses there. Verse 12. This is so good. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you, because you're following Him, right? So goodness and mercy are following you. You're following Jesus. Goodness and mercy are following you. And the mountains and hills and trees are celebrating around you. This is a picture of this new life. The good picture, isn't it? Right? They're breaking forth before you into singing. So you got singing before you, God before you, singing before you, goodness and mercy behind you, and all the trees of the field around you are clapping their hands. I saw a shot yesterday of the runner in Olympic Stadium. It was from the ground. You saw all this stadium of people around cheering. There's witnesses in heaven cheering for you to fulfill your destiny. Right? We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, millions upon millions, billions of people who've gone before us saying, fulfill your destiny, follow Christ, be everything that he made you to be. Don't settle for anything less than what God has provided for you in Christ Jesus. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Could it be 
that mountains and hills and trees, that creation is waiting for you to realize who you are in Christ and to stand up and take your place in the earth? Yes. Yes. Romans 8.19 says, The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. Hallelujah. For the sons of God to be revealed. Creation is waiting for you to realize who you are in Christ. And Satan's trying to keep you from it. That's the last thing he wants you to realize. But creation knows. Creation knows that life was never meant to, this earth was never meant to be the way it is now. Creation knows that. Creation knows that God gave to Adam his authority over the earth and and Satan stole it from him. Creation knows that. The earth realizes that. The earth realizes when that happened, sin covered the earth, and the earth completely changed. And destruction came, and the earth began to fall apart, not because of factories and emissions, but because of Satan, who became the god of this world and the curse of sin that covered the earth. Creation knows that and realizes the only thing that's going to turn this thing around, the only thing that's going to bring God's salvation into the earth, is when his sons and daughters realize who they are and take their place and walk in the reality of this new life. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. We're walking in the reality of this new life and creation is so glad about it. Hallelujah. Now, not only does creation know it, But do you know way, 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 way down deep, in the very center and core of your being, you know it. You know that there's got to be a better way to live than what man has offered. You know it down in here. You know that there's got to be more to this life than what this world has to offer. We just know that inherently. No one ever has to tell us that. Now, we're going to get a little personal. Is it all right? You got your seatbelts on? All right, we're going to dig a little deeper. This knowing that there has to be more is the frustration of life. It's everybody's frustration, whether they realize it or not. But often it's hidden way down deep under a bunch of other stuff. It's this gnawing at us that there's got to be more to this life. When you're not living the new life God has provided for you, when you're not growing in it, when you're not learning about it, when you're not exercising your faith, when you're not following Christ, there's a frustration that nothing can take away. When you're living life in your own strength, this frustration will eat you alive. Because we weren't made to live this way. We were made to live 
through faith in Him, to live in union with Him. And when you put your faith in Christ and begin to learn who you are, this frustration dissipates and joy takes its place. And there's nothing like that joy. Getting up every day knowing this is who I am. I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm a chosen race. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm a people for God's own possession that I might show forth the excellencies of him who's called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's who you are. We can blame our frustrations. Everyone raise your hands so you can I know you're still awake. Pinch yourself again. All right. We can blame our frustrations on a lot of things. We can blame it on our parents, on people, on what we've been through, on the place we're living, on the job we have or don't have. We can even blame ourselves. You want to know who's a good, uh, who plays the blame game well? Satan. He's the master of it. Satan plays the blame game. See, Satan's got a whole bunch of reasons why you can't live the new life God's provided for you. Because it's too hot or it's too cold or that the people don't treat you right or my parents did this or my parents didn't do that. Satan plays the blame game. And here's one of Satan's Key questions or, or uh, key ideas in the blame game. Are you ready? And he'll say this to you, guaranteed. He has already said it. No one understands me. He said that to you before. I just about guarantee it. Unless you're not listening. In other words, you're frustrated. Because things might be tough or difficult. And maybe things don't seem to be going the way you'd like them to go. Or people don't seem to be treating you the way you'd like them to treat you. And they'll say, they don't understand you. No one understands you. They don't know you. What, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with accepting that thought, no one understands me? Well, first of all, it isolates you. It separates you from those who could help you. It isolates you, and it's not true. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, There is no temptation that has taken you, but such as is common to man. Guess what? We're all going through the same stuff. <laughs> My address is planet Earth. How about yours? Right? You living on the same planet I'm living on? Don't ever accept that thought again. No one understands me. You know what I found out? Are you ready? You got your seatbelts on. I found that people who are mature in Christ can know me better than I know me. Everyone wave your hand so I know we're all here. Why is that? You tell me someone can know you better than you know yourself? Yeah. Because truth is applicable to all of us. No matter where you're from, 
No matter what you've been through, truth applies. So when someone's been applying truth consistently over a long period of time, they can see things in my life maybe I can't see. And if I have the attitude, they, don't, they just don't know me. They don't understand me. I shut myself off from the help that God's trying to provide for me. So we don't play the blame game, right? See, when you blame others, you weaken yourself. You lay aside your God-given authority. You say, what I've been through is bigger and greater than God's power. My issues, my circumstances are unique and different, and God's power can't touch it. Not true, is it? Right? The resurrection power of God, the new life God has provided for you, trumps anything you've ever been through. It's greater. It's greater. It's greater. 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Right? So we don't play the blame game anymore. Hallelujah. We're not defeated anymore. There are no whiny babies anymore. Right? We don't whine about how hard it is. We don't whine about what's not happening or what should be happening, right? Because when you're whining and playing the blame game, you've taken your eyes off of Jesus and you've put them on your circumstances. When you keep your eyes on Jesus, faith grows. Yeah. You can't seek Jesus and trust in him, put your faith in his promises, and blame others at the same time. Can't do it. So I know if I'm getting into that mindset, I've taken my eyes off of Christ. It reveals where my focus is. Isn't this good? Are you ready? When we stop blaming, when we stop whining, and when we start trusting Jesus, our lives are transformed into monuments of His grace and glory. Let's finish this thing up uh, for today. Let's go back to Isaiah chapter 55. Let's look at verse 13 now. We're going to wind this thing up. This is powerful. Don't fall asleep on me. You can pinch yourself again if you need to. Once again, in verse 13 of Isaiah 55, we have a comparison of the old life and the new life. No more thistles. Old life, right? But giant sequoias. No more. That's new life, right? Giant sequoias, new life. Thistles, old life. No more thorn bushes, old life. Stately pines, new life. Monuments to me, to God, living and lasting Evidence of God. I want you to know he's talking about people right there. Thistles. That's what we were like before Christ. We were thorny, difficult people to live with. 
But when we put our faith in Christ, He transformed us into giant sequoias, places that people come to, to enjoy the shade and comfort and be inspired. People are inspired when they're around us because of who Jesus is in us. Right? We used to be thorn bushes before Jesus, but now we're stately pines. Right? A place where people come and are refreshed. This is what Jesus does. He transforms us from briars and thorns to stately pines. <laughs> he leads us into a whole and complete life. He makes people new. We're going to close with this. Jesus when he began his ministry in Luke chapter 4, he talked about his mission to make people new. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord, this is Jesus talking, is upon me because he's anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news it's good news, the gospel to the poor. What's good news to the poor? You don't have to be poor anymore. Amen. He makes all things new. He has sent me to announce release to the captives. What's good news to a captive? You're free. He makes all things new. And recovery of sight to the blind. He makes all things new. To send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity. He makes all things new. To proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day, that's not a 24-hour period, that's the season that we're currently in, and it lasts until He returns, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. Jesus came so that new children, God's children, would be born and released in the earth. Because creation has been waiting for it for thousands of years. He was the firstborn from among the dead. We are his brothers and sisters and co-heirs with Christ. You've heard of Night of the Living Dead? This is the day of the living daughters and sons of the living God. And we're walking the earth and the hills are singing. The trees are clapping their hands and people are inspired when they're with us because God's presence is in us. Last verse. Last verse, Jesus was quoting Isaiah chapter 61, the prophet Isaiah. Here's verse 3. He, he quoted verse 1 and 2. Here's verse 3. You'll see it's like Isaiah 55, 13. This is why Jesus came to grant. That means it's given to you at no expense to you, right? Furnish the provision to grant. Have you ever gotten a grant? To grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament, a garland or diadem, a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy. 
instead of mourning. The garment, it's another comparison, isn't it? Right? Old life, mourning, right? Old life, uh, ashes, new life, beauty. Old life, mourning, new life, joy. The garment expressive of praise, new life, old life, instead of a heavy, burdened, and failing spirit. Look at this. He's talking about you, that you may be called an oak of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. This is who you are now. Hallelujah. You're, a, you're an oak of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, lofty, strong, and magnificent. I want to encourage you to see yourself in this way as you're going through your week. To help you do that, we're going to speak it. Let's bring up that confession. Let's bring it up. This is what I do. I take scriptures and I put them into a statement of faith and I declare them over my life. This is a simple practice. That's a biblical practice. It's called meditating in the Word. You can take pictures of these, and on the next screen you'll see all the scriptures where these, this confession comes from. But it's really simple. You read a promise of God, you put it in your heart, you speak it over your life. This is how we live by faith. All right? We're calling things that, that uh, are not as though they were. We're calling into existence. We're calling into being what God has done for us, right? We're calling it into our lives. Are you ready? Let's say this together. Father, thank you for beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of a heavy burden and failing spirit. You have made me a giant sequoia, a stately pine, an oak of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, your planting for your glory. Hallelujah. Amen. That's a keeper. Let's keep, let's keep speaking. You ready? Your joy is my strength. Depression is defeated in my life. I'm no longer under darkness. I'm living in the glorious light of your love. Next screen. Your spirit is living in me, revealing Christ to me. Joy is mine. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Peace, wholeness is mine. I am strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. With the stripes that wounded Jesus, I have been healed. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Jesus, You are Lord of my life. In You, I have been made new. Let's stand on our feet and praise Him. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't that good? 
We praise you, God. Thank you for making us new. Thank you, Lord, for, for, for oaks of righteousness here this morning. Stately pines, giant sequoias, lofty, strong, and magnificent, Lord. Thank you for inspiring others that we spend time with this week, Lord God. Thank you for impacting those we come in contact, that, Lord, they will see you in us, that their lives, that they'll desire to know you because they've had a conversation with us this week. You're this week, God. Thank you for reaching people in our lives this week, the week of August 14th. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Bringing them in to your kingdom in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We receive your word this morning, Father. We embrace this new life. Holy Spirit, we ask you continue to unveil Christ to us. Lead us forward. You're leading. We're following. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life he came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.